When taking a stand against racial injustice, the world will always need leaders that continue to lead with kindness and compassion. In this episode, I interview the commander, 618th Air Operations Center, Brigadier General Jimmy Canlis. We talk about creating space to have difficult conversations that can empower people towards meaningful change, some of the best and worst advice he's heard, and how he has maintained his personal and family values while ascending the ranks. Let's go. This is Constant Elevation, the show for rising Air Force and community leaders who seek to define the future, learn powerful work and life tactics to tackle any challenge. I'm your host, Gabriel Gabrock Avila. Let's go. The views and opinions expressed on this show are from the individuals themselves and may not reflect the views of the U.S. government, the Department of Defense, or the United States Air Force. Welcome back, everybody. Gabe Rock back on the mic once again. We made it to June. We made it to June, and I'll say that, and I think this is what everybody's going to think, 2020 has been a hell of a year so far. Um, We're still dealing with a worldwide pandemic, but now uh, you can see across the headlines and across our nation, the racial injustice is dominating everything, dominating conversations, dominating neighborhoods, dominating politics, and I would be remiss if we didn't um, talk about it on this show. But one of the most important things I think we can do as leaders right now is lead. And I'm very, very proud to have a special guest on on our uh, show today. So my guest on today's episode is no stranger to leadership. He has served in the Air Force since 1992 and is a command pilot with more than 4,400 flying hours. He currently serves as the commander, 618th Air Operations Center, also known as the Tanker Airlift Control Center at Scott Air Force Base, Illinois. I'm honored to introduce Brigadier General Jimmy Canless. Sir, welcome to the show. Thanks, Gabe. Honored to be here. Yes, sir. Yeah, so um, I always like to talk about origin stories, and you, ha- you and I have a second-degree origin story because I actually uh, know your nephew. So your nephew, uh, Captain Danny Canlis, out of the Alaska Army National Guard, um, we both uh, served as coaches at 907 CrossFit in Alaska. Uh, you can guess who was more fit. Spoiler, it's not me, <laughs> for like two <laughs> years. And uh, he knew that uh, we both like talking about mentoring and, and uh, mentoring rising military leaders. So he connected us. And then here we are in the show. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, he is a stud. That's for sure. I think yeah. his thighs are as big as my waistline. So uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I actually think on my phone, if I, if I'm, a, I'm scared to look it up. I think the profile pic of Danny on my phone is his legs. Like he sent me one time. I'm like, why did you send this to me? And I'm, I, he's like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, I'm making your profile on my phone. So Danny's yeah, a great uh, guy. Which is kind of funny because uh, us uh, canvases by, by nature, uh, we tended to have, to have skinny legs. So, uh, so he picked really? up uh, some good genes somewhere along the way. Somewhere. Uh, yeah, yeah we somewhere were- along the way. I first, uh, I first uh, informally met him. We were doing a CrossFit competition, and then we kind of sized up each other as normally we do. And uh, I bested him on the cardio or body weight things. And when it came to lifting heavy things, he was clearly more fit than me. And so he was like, "Hey, man, just come over and see if you like what we're doing." And uh, um, him and the team they offered me up the head coaching job there for a while. And so I was really, really glad to meet uh, to meet Danny. Him and I still chat every once in a while. Um, he asks me some leadership questions. I'll give him my my raw opinion, what I think is going on, and uh, um, if I ever make it back to Alaska I hope to cross paths with him again he's a really really good dude yeah he is yes sir so uh, um so gonna jump right into it so we have some um uh the racial tensions and the 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 injustice going on in the world right now um dominates everywhere and the air force is no um is no 
we're, we're not immune to those conversations either. Um, between yesterday and today, I saw some, uh, I, I watched the interviews with General Goldfein and Chief Wright. And one of the most important things they were saying we can do as leaders is to create the safe space to have these conversations so we can move forward with action, but based on kindness and compassion. And so I, I, I want to ask you, sir, in your current command position, how are you empowering your leaders to develop solutions towards meaningful change? Yeah, so, so that's challenging, right? Uh, easier said than done. You know, a lot of times when you hear uh, someone talk about this and they said, yeah, just create the safe space, right? Or uh, have that chance for a meaningful conversation. Um, if you think about it, right, even before, you know, the, the, this whole thing happened with, with, uh, with George Floyd, right? We, you know, backing it up, uh, there were a lot of things that were happening. Uh, there were, you know, we have still another type of epidemic that, that's uh, uh, hitting a lot of our, our service members, right, in suicide. And so, you know, the whole resiliency thing, right, that, that was big. And if you think about, you know, between Daryl yeah. Goldfein and Chief Wright of, of where, where they were trying to go. So I, I think even before this hit, right, we were trying to, you know, at least in, 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 under my command, we were trying to have those honest conversations beforehand, right? Get people to be vulnerable, get them to open up. Yep. And more yep. importantly, to get people to listen. I think, I think that's, the, that's one of the toughest things that we as leaders tend not to do very well, uh, be included. Right, is just to sometimes sit down and listen, right? Mm -hmm. We we have and, and and you know just to really open up our ears, open up our hearts and minds, so that we could really feel and and, and you know have that you know true sense of empathy to try to understand what the other person's going through, you know whether that's you know just just you know problems with life in general, or what's happening right now, you know on on the social front of seeing. You know some some type of you know that discrimination and those racial tensions yep. that that uh, that exist out there, right? And you can't swing a dead cat, right, without hitting something that that isn't talking about this right now, and and it's very challenging. So, you know, when, when you know under my command, one of the things that I did, you know, obviously just like any leader, right, we kind of outline our our, our priorities, right, or your focus areas. Mm -hmm. And and for me, uh, there, there were pretty much three things, and I, I've been touting these for a long time. I, you know, when I was a wing commander. Uh, at Charleston, and even now in command of the, the 618th AOC, uh, they sound relatively the same, right? And it starts off with one, you know, the, it's the letter A is airmen. You know, we have to take care of our airmen. We have to deliberately develop them, right? The second one is especially mission execution or mission excellence. Take care of the mission, right? You take care of the airmen, they take care of the mission. But the third one there is, you know, I, I call a culture of dignity and respect. And uh, and when, when I really hit this, people go like, you know, th that doesn't sound as sexy as your taking care of your airmen and taking care and hacking the mesh, sure, right? Sure. And then suddenly you hear this, you know, hey, what's this, you know, culture of dignity and respect thing kind of walking in into your priorities. I say, well, it's because it's important uh, because, you know, we have to create that environment where every single one of our airmen or one of our troops um, feels like, like they're, they're included, mm -hmm. like that they're, that, you know, they have a, a, a safe space to, to, you know, express themselves. You know, to and, and you know to to say, hey, you know, here's my idea, and not get crushed for it, right? right Even right. if it's the one of the weirdest, uh, you know, ideas that you may have heard, uh, just just to get that going, to get those creative juices flowing, right? And we're also, you know, what what goes along with that, right? Is is we don't want people to feel afraid to come to work, you mm -hmm. know, because they're going to be ridiculed because of the the color of their skin or because of their hairstyle or lack of a hairstyle or right. um, or just you know or you know, or, or because of their, their background, or maybe because of an accent that they have, sure. right? We want, we want to be able to embrace all of that. And, uh, and so, uh, so that, that's really been one of my priorities and doing this and uh, to help lead turn some of this stuff, I'm hoping, right, is having that culture of dignity and respect ahead of it. 
so that when we hit, get hit with tough times like this, we're better prepared and we could communicate better and we're better listeners, right? And so, so I think that's a, a hopefully awesome. having an impact right now within my organization. I, re- I really like the, uh, the fact that you're, the way you're approaching this is really no different from how you approach any other leadership challenge you, you've been uh, um, assigned to. And so that's where some of the things that I'm seeing out, either I'm reading in the news, wherever it is, there's, there's people that are rising to what's going on and they're, they're, you know, they're maybe coming from a good space and they want to um, make sure that they are participating in the conversations. But the leaders who have been consistent throughout the entire time, those are the ones that arguably have already created those spaces where they're going to have these open and honest conversations and where like where someone's going to be willing to come to you, you know, the, the, um, the, the airmen that are under your charge that come that really take you up on the open door policy or just come by and chat, whatever it is. Um, and they take you up on that. That's a good sign. That's a good sign that you've created that environment that's built on understanding that's built on respect. That's built on, Hey, we're all on the same team. We, we, um, if you're having, the Air Force should, and, and like any other military organization, we should be the best of breed of our nation. And so part of that is how you conduct yourself as a person. And so um, uh, my leadership philosophy, it has a bunch of stuff as well, uh, but the very last one is uh, it's, so <laughs> I, I mentioned this during one of my ALS um, speeches and uh, something about like the, the phrase about uh, being a good wingman. And I was like, okay, I mean, that's a, that's a phrase. I'm not mad about it, but like I can see, I can physically see, the eyeballs rolling back in the head when I can see when I'm talking to younger airmen about that because they're just numb to the words. And so, you know, you have a squadron commander game up to you in front of in the entire class. And I said, yeah, so here's my, my bottom line thing I want you to do. Don't be an asshole. That's it. They're like, can you say that, sir? I'm like, I can say whatever I want. And so, uh, um, but it, it, it resonated to them. And what happened was I kind of talked about like, I just want you to be a good person. I want you to be a good person. The symptoms of, um, Gender discrimination, racial discrimination, um, uh, domestic violence, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, all of the negative symptoms that go around it. In my opinion, the root cause is something you're, you're, it's, you're coming from some, an, an asshole position. If you're a normal good person doesn't do any of those symptoms, they wouldn't. You just don't do those things to your fellow human man or a man or woman. And so when I had those conversations and then I'd owed up for questions, you saw some airmen be like, oh, I Sir, I want to ask you this hard question. Shoot, let's go. And, uh, um, and I think it ended up becoming, I started forming that bridge to where like, no, I, I'm, 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 your, I'm your commander and I'm charged with certain responsibilities, but like inevitably, I want you to be a good person. I want you, because that's what we need in the, Air, in the Air Force. We need good people because if I, like you said earlier, if I treat you well, you're going to take care of the mission. I don't got to worry about the mission because I know I'm taking care of you. And I really believe the, that kind of approach is what's going to, is what's needed in this time right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I love your, your phrase there, you know, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, we, we kind of have the same thing. A lot of times when people ask me, you know, Hey, what, you know, what's one piece of advice, uh, uh, you know, t- that I could, that I could offer. I was like, be good and don't suck. Right. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and, and it's, you know, it might sound, uh, you know, overly simple, but, but it's true. Right. Yeah, it makes fact, sense. Yep. <laughs> yeah. When I say don't, just don't be an asshole and they're like, yeah. And I even like to, when I shorten it to like hashtag DBAA, I tell people, yeah. I'm like, just check people when people are being stupid and be like, Hey, so, uh, um, they're getting out of line. You can go like quick, just be like, Hey man, hashtag DBA. They'd be like, yeah, you're right. I was, I'm sorry. I was, I was, I'm hungry. I need to go eat something or I need to go work out. Like it's a quick way to just, cause some people 
we're all humans. We're going to make mistakes. And if you are, but if you can have a friend that can catch it for you, that's the kind of airman that I want next to me. That's the kind of, that's looking, checking my six, making sure I'm okay. Or if I am having a, a problem and I don't want to lash out, I don't want to, I don't want to do one of those symptoms that causes harm or doesn't do any positive uh, um, maneuvers. I need to have those people around me that can, uh, that can go to and have those conversations. And that's what, it, that's, I, I think that's what, what's, what's needed in this time. Uh, right. One place I think I'll say that I don't believe is the right place to have conversations is uh, maybe not the right conversations, but all of your conversations is social media. I, I am a, maybe because I'm old, I'm uncle status. I'm 40 something. I'm 40, not 40 something, I'm 40. So <laughs> the idea about where, Social media is a big attention economy and you're going to see things that like, you're just going to want to try and just start typing and just start responding. But like, uh, I've been very, I've been kind of quiet for this last week, just kind of observing yeah. things, just watching things. I'd want to make sure I'm taking in a lot of information and listening. Like you said earlier, like General Goldfein, the chief writer talking about, I'm listening to stories. I'm listening to perspectives because and I can take it in from social media, but I choose not to participate because I think it's just, I'm not doing it for likes. I'm not doing to prove a lot of people are just trying to win arguments as opposed to listening and going for understanding and compassion. Right. I, I, I totally agree. You know, and uh, you know, to, to anyone who's listening, right. Please uh, take the caps lock off. Right. We, we, <laughs> if you're going to type yeah. something, uh, we, we don't need it in all caps. We, we could, we could read it fine. Uh, all I ask is after a period, put two spaces. Uh, yeah. I'm old school like that. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, neither here nor there. But uh, you know, the, if you talk about my pet peeves, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, because uh, I'm old school like that. No, no. But uh, but Gabe, I mean, you're, you're spot on, right? Uh, I think uh, social media has a place they can have a healthy dialogue, but uh, that that it's a very fine line that can be crossed pretty quick from a healthy dialogue into uh, a, a, you know disrespect and. Yeah. Um, and and you're right, you know. Hey, I just need to get the last word in, yep. right? And uh, and 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 that's not, not not a place to have a healthy conversation at all. Because uh, just as we mentioned earlier, you know, when you when you do that, you know, there is almost no listening involved, right? No. It's just okay. And and as soon as you can read it, I mean, you're 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 fired up. You have those emotions, and how fast can I crank that thing out? <laughs> right? It's like misspelling and, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Like, what yeah, are you doing? It, yeah, yeah. And then and 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 it's almost. Uh, you know, a, a measuring stick sometimes on how fast you can respond to someone who responded back to you. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, uh, so, so the, I, I, I totally agree with you, man, that that is not the, the right place uh, to have that. Yeah. Now I think, um, you know, there, there, there's times, you know, I'm, I'm glad when, uh, someone says, Hey, I don't agree with you. And they send you, send you a private message. And, and, and then you have, they have that sidebar conversation. I think that's much better. Right. And oh, yeah. you can use, you know, the, the Facebook messenger in that platform or just text mm -hmm, back mm -hmm. and forth. Uh, I think those are important. The, those could be healthy, but yep. you're right. When when uh, when it's out there for the entire world to see, all you're trying to go is for victory points, and uh, no one wins on those. Yeah. So just here with as as a as a rising leader, um, you know, social media has its pros and cons, like anything else in the world. And so if you're going to choose to do those, um, really, I, I would ask the audience to just listen. Maybe like uh, like you were saying, sir go for an offline conversation. Like, hey, just PM me real quick. And be like, hey, I wanted to understand. And because it's good to get, it's a real different tone. Be like, hey, so just for real, so here's my actual phone number, call me. Right. What? Like, oh yeah, I want to talk. Like I just, I want to have a physical conversation. And I know it's harder with COVID-19. And so maybe I've, I've seen some other, some other groups where they do like a, um, 
kind of like a, a virtual round table and that's better, right? Because you're at minimum, you can kind of see the face you, without a mask on. You can see that the, right. the inflection of their voices, <laughs> nobody's all capping all the time. Like that's how we as human beings are meant to communicate the social media stuff. There's a, a there's a per- place and purpose for it, but this specific subject, I think it's a, um, and it's also going to be a measure of, are you actually about this life? Are you actually, do you believe in these things? Are you just kind of going with the herd because you think it's the right thing to do versus like you mentioned before, sir, is this part of your, your genuine core? Is this part of your core values that you continue as a leader and you're just going to be, that's who you are as a person. And so a lot of times, you, even though you may, may have not personally experienced it, you know how to handle this because you developed a, your toolkit to have compassion of leading, of understanding, of trying to make bridges, especially for the younger generation who's coming in or uh, making sure that people always feel inclusive. If you're a good leader, you know how to do those things. You, you recognize when people feel uncomfortable, you welcome them, you figure out that it's okay that you're different. Everybody's different. Um, people don't understand why like, I still have like a Walkman in my office and I like to listen to my mixtapes. I'm just me. That's who I am. And I don't downplay anybody. And, and I, I try and celebrate it all. So around these times, I think um, uh, the leaders that we need, um, either you're, you're sticking to your guns and you know how to lead, or you're just adding more things surrounding yourself, your, your brain collective. I think that's what General Goldfein said, is like the right people who can give you help because you are already the type of leader who knows to ask for it if you don't know how to do it yourself. Yeah, that, that, that's for sure. And, you know, and, and when we go through these things and, you know, when we talk about, you know, hey, have that, uh, you know, um, you know, private conversation or offline conversation. Right. I think it's also important to really have someone that that helps you with your moral compass. Right. To, to, to check you uh, back into place. Yep. You know, I have an accountability partner, you know, and, and so whenever I'm going sides with something, I always give him a call because I know he's going to give it to me straight um, and say, hey, I, I think I'm, uh, you know, I'm formulating my ideas. What do you think? And yeah. he's going to tell me, you know, because. Uh, He's one of those guys, I, I always say, surround yourself uh, with people that, that love you but are not impressed by you, right? And because they're yeah. going to give it to you straight, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and I think that's important, right? And so sometimes uh, we have to take that tactical pause uh, when, when someone says something that gets you fired up and, and you just want to fire back and discuss, you know, you know, pull the throttles back, you know, take a deep breath, call mm-hmm. someone that you could trust, and then, uh, and then collect your ideas and thoughts after that. Yeah, actually, one of my biggest soundboards is my wife. You know, I'll, I'll ask my wife about stuff and she'll be like, what? Why would you do that? And I'm like, especially when it's because I'm a guy. So if it was a, a female issue related to something and I'll be like, hey, so here's what I think. And she's like, oh, my God, don't ever. Say, Did you say that? Don't say that because that's stupid. You're, she's going to take it like this. And I'm like, oh, OK, okay. I'm glad I'm talking to you about it. Or I'll even for certain subjects, I'll bring it up at dinner table. Like um, we were talking before uh, we started recording, got two teenagers, the 16 and 13 year old, very curious to say like, how would teenagers see, because you know, they're dependent. And so maybe a certain subject that goes along that they could have an opinion on. So I'm more than willing to intake and I want to hear different feedback because maybe there's an angle, maybe there's a blind spot I'm not prepared for. And I love and respect my, my family. I had my fellowship of squadron commanders around me when I was in command and we always, texted each other, asked each other for advice. And we knew that it was just advice. All of us are charged to make our own decisions on our own, but we knew that's, that's why we have that C prefix. You better make that damn decision because that's what is everybody expecting of you. And then you lead boldly from there. Yeah, that's for sure. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, um, I think, uh, uh, af- um, 
kind of changing gears a little bit. So, you know, you've, you've uh, clearly uh, risen to um, a lot of success in your career. I know you're going to be, um, you're in the middle of your, <laughs> you're in the middle of your PCS uh, for all of the surrounding, you can't see for, for the audience, you can't see the th- surrounding 360 degrees. It, it, it's, it's a train wreck. like like usual pcs seasons uh um it's even right now during COVID 19 it's just going to be a little bit more complicated but uh you know the military machine must move on and uh, we can't stop uh can't stop won't stop defending our nation developing our airmen but uh i know throughout your career and as you've risen through the ranks in some of your positions you've been probably asked to give advice often i'm sure you've given you enough speeches um, enough, you know, commanders calls or whatever, all the things that are out there where you are giving your advice out to the airmen under your charge and whatever audience is there. What I'd like to ask you is what is a recent piece of advice you've received that you've actually incorporated into your habits and your leadership style? Yeah. So, so that one's probably pretty interesting. And you talk about, you know, uh, using your wife as a sounding board, right? So, uh, I definitely married up, uh, and, uh, you know, Joy, she, she's, uh, she's uh, one of the most wonderful people that I know in the world, but she'll give it to me straight. And um, so uh, almost two things, and they kind of go hand in hand. Sure. Uh, one is, uh, she said, watch your facial expressions now. Um, because before, uh, yeah, well, a, a little bit, because I, I, it's more of a game face. She goes, your game face turns on a whole lot faster now than you did when you were a squadron commander, a group oh. commander, or, 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 a, or a wing commander. Uh, and she says, especially now as a, as a you know, general officer, um, everyone's watching even that much closer. People looked at you a lot when you're a colonel, right? People looked at you a lot when you were a squadron commander, you know, yep. and you know that, Gabe, right? Uh, but even, even more so now. So, um, uh, and one of the things that I tend to do is I tend to frown with my eyes. And it's not because I'm frowning. It's because I refuse to put on my reading glasses, right? So what I'm, <laughs> what I'm, what I'm, what I'm looking at, when I'm looking at a, you know, at a, at a read ahead or a, or a piece of paper or a note that someone's, you know, hands me, I sit there and, and, and my eyes suddenly, you know, go down like this and, and she right. goes, you look so mad and, and it looks like it's always bad news. <laughs> she said, you know, so she goes, bite the bullet, put on your reading glasses, you know, go and throw them on and, and just, and, and it's okay because your eyes, you know, she goes, you smile a lot with your eyes, but you also tell a very telling story. Otherwise that could be misconstrued. Yeah. So that's one. Yeah. That's so great. That, that was and so, so, so that's what a good teammate. I, I, what a good teammate. Yeah, I, I incorporated, you know, recently, uh, trying, trying to soften it up, I guess. <laughs> um, and, and then the other one was, um, she also noticed that because, uh, of the hectic schedule that, that I tend to keep, um, you know, just, uh, driven by, by the ops tempo that we have in, in the air operations sure, center. Sure. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, we, we go through just, you know, one thing after another, after another. And she says, sometimes you don't disengage from that. Uh, she says, you come home and you, you, you treat us like, uh, you know, like one of your, uh, uh, subordinates, one of your coworkers where you're like, boom, boom, oh, boom, yeah. let's get it done. Right. And she says, uh, you know, slow it down. Um, so I used to even brief, you know, when I, when I briefed the, you know, the, as a mentor for squadron commanders, you know, I had the opportunity to do that a couple of times and. Um, I, I always told them of, of uh, a ritual I used to do, and I learned it when I was actually uh, when I was on the air staff, and uh, was was peeling off the uniform, right? So uh, you know when I used to commute out of the Pentagon before, I used to actually take off you know everything, change right there, hang mm-hmm. up my uniform at the Pentagon, put on my my civvies, and then jump on a bus or on the metro or whatever, yep, right? Yep. And that was my decompressed time, and it was also there was something about it that that was almost Physical. transformational. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and it was evident, right? It was something that you could see. Mm-hmm. And then, so I, I kind of incorporated that throughout the time where I know when I get home, I take off my uniform, 
And if I'm still wearing an olive drab or a, you know, desert tan t-shirt, um, I, I, I'm still not ready to be me, right? I'm still a part of, you know, uh, I'm still carrying some baggage from work. Yeah, so yeah, I make yeah. it deliberate, I, you know, I make it deliberate to pull that thing off. Right. And, and so, so uh, they, they kind of learned a little bit from me that, that they say, okay, well, he still has his uniform on, let's, you know, let's give him his, his space a little bit. <laughs> and, um, but, but even, even recently, you know, I, I found myself still going a thousand miles an hour and, and, and not uh, slowing down. So, uh, so, you know, my, my wife's been saying, just, just take a deep breath, slow down. Um, and, uh, and, and that, that has been very, very helpful for me. Uh, because it was a uh, probably a blind spot that I had, you know, just ready to go, 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 go. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she said, just throttle back, you know, that's awesome. And go, go back to the, to your ritual, you know, peel off that shirt, yep. you know, take it, take a deep breath and then, uh, and then go into dad mode. Yeah. I think, uh, um, one of, uh, another part of my uh, leadership philosophy philosophy is, uh, blend. And so what I mean by that is a lot of times, uh, we all wear different hats and all of those are, are equally important. And that's where like the, um, so, you know, I'm an officer, I'm a, at the time I would be a commander, um, but I'm also a son, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a coach, I'm all those things that I do. And all of those actually have different uniforms, right? Like I have, um, when I'm a coach, I have to wear my workout clothes and I take my, I I get into that mode and I'm very, very, very serious. Danny, I think he's used to see me. Like if I'm coaching for a certain class, I'm in there like 30 minutes before I'm whiteboarding. It isn't, it's, it's like a mission brief. Like this is for real. And I, it's for free. Like it's, it's just fitness. Nobody cares, but I cared about my role. I wanted to do it well. But the same thing, you know, if we're going out with the family and I put on my own civvy clothes, whatever it is, like, I just want to be able to think like, no, nah, this is, this is where I need to be right now. I want to be present in the moment. And I think maybe that's, you know, maybe what your wife was talking about is like, you got to be present. So right. it's family time, be dad, be, be, be the husband, whatever it is, or be the coach when you're leading a class. And those things are, it's, it's a small thing, but I think it's really, really good advice. Like just the simple changing of whatever uniform you happen to be uh, wearing for that role really can empower you. Remember that like, um, this is where your mindset needs to be at and where more importantly, potentially where your family needs you to be, where the rest of your team needs you to be because they're looking towards you. You know, my kids give zero Fs that whatever it is in my, in my life, a commander or a Lieutenant Colonel, whatever it is, I'm just dad. And so I want to try and be the best that I can be. Yeah, that's for sure. Yes, sir. So those are all, that's really good advice. And so I'll, I'll follow up with another question then. So what's, what's the worst advice you've heard recently? Maybe you've had too many of these. So, <laughs> so I'll just say recent, but what's some of the worst advice you've heard? Yeah, that, well, actually it's, it's not that recent, but, but it's stuck with me for a long time. Right. Um, so, uh, so back, uh, I won't say where so, to protect the innocent, but you know, I was speaking <laughs> to uh, a, a wing commander at the time, you know, and I was a young line pilot. And, uh, you know, I asked, uh, asked him, I said, so, you know, what, you know, what's, uh, you know, what, what, what's a piece of uh, advice you could, you could give me? And he said, he goes, um, he goes Monday through Friday. He goes, you're, you're, you're in military power. You're in full afterburner. He goes from, from morning to evening, he goes, go all the way through. Um, and he goes, then on the weekends, just, uh, just, you know, take it easy. And I was like, okay. And so I actually tried to subscribe to that a little bit and I found out. Uh, it didn't work, <laughs> you know, uh, it, because you know, you know, I mean, you know, what he meant was, you know, hey, you know, work a fourteen-hour day every single day, you know, all the way through, yeah. and then, and then, then on the weekend, just, you know, then he goes to dedicate that time strictly to your family, uh, don't do anything else. I was like, well, I, I can't do that, you know. I mean, 
because my family won't want to talk to me by the time I get to Saturday, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they, they, they don't know you, right? Exactly, so, exactly. So, so, so that may have worked for him. And, and, and you know, they, that was maybe the secret for his success. But, I, you know, for me, I, you know, and I tried to apply that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that, that's horrible. You know, it, <laughs> it, it, you, know you, you can't surge relationships, right? You, right, you can't right. surge those things. And so... Uh, you know, and, and that goes across board. You know, you just can't suddenly go go up into your family like, okay, all right. You know, it, it, it's 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 that you know every little day cultivation that that you know the cultivating, uh, the you know the care and feeding that that that's uh, required in those relationships, uh, you know, are, are meaningful. That, that 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 daily interaction really makes a difference versus trying to surge it on a weekend. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I've seen when people kind of uh, when when they when they they measure the wrong things for success. Like a lot of people will be like, yeah, so it, it's the hours. You see, but they, 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 have, they say it with pride. Like I've been in, the, I've been in 14 hour work days for like two weeks. Like for what? What are you doing? Like what, I mean, there's a time and place, don't get me wrong, but like for the most part, what are you doing? That is, that is absolutely unnecessary. And a lot of it is just when, you, when I start to look at it, you're just doing like busy work. You're not doing anything relevant, but in your head for some reason, you think working 14 hour work days is a good thing. And, and the, the problem with those those uh, examples is they might be an officer. They might be a senior NCO. And what happens is everybody else, junior to them looking up, they start equating that as like, well, that's the only way I can be successful if I burn myself to the ground. Like, no, that is completely wrong. And so those, when I when I see those kind of advice or, um, and I'll, I've gotten to the point where I'll just go to my peer and be like, I don't know what you're doing, but you need to go home right now. Just don't. Just put it down. Right. Well, I got to work out. I bet you you don't. I bet you you don't. I bet you he's not going to read it tonight. And so, because yeah. um, they'll see me on time, they'll see me leaving. They're like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm leaving. Really? I'm like, yeah. yes, because I have a mandatory 1800 appointment with my family and I never miss that appointment unless it's barring some ridiculous kind of thing. And so right. I, 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 I'm upfront with my leadership and like they know that if they need to call me, if they want me to be there, I will always be there. But they know that it's important. My family is, is the utmost importance to me. So I go home when I need to be, and I'll come in at zero dark thirty and work on whatever you want, sir, ma'am. Because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lower those priorities in my life. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So uh, speaking of family, so um, clearly you know over over your career, uh, you've maintained success. And so have you have you struggled with maintaining your your personal and family values as you've ascended the ranks? Has, have you encountered some things that? Uh, um, really have, have started to become more of a challenge that you had to really, really, you and the family had to bear down and make some hard decisions to get through? Yeah, so, so, I, so often I wonder if it's uh, me rising in the ranks or if it's my kids being teenagers. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> different problems. Or, 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 or it might be a combination of both. <laughs> yes, right? sir. Uh, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. No, uh, you know, so, so when, it, when you say, you know, you know, family values, I'd like to think that, that we maintain those, right? It's a... Uh, um, but but I, I wouldn't say that they were maintained at the same level, but I'd like to say that, you know, the, the family values were not compromised right. as we continue to go go up through the ranks, right? And, you know, there's a lot of people say, you know, hey, how do you uh, measure success, right? Measure, you measure success at, at your retirement ceremony that your wife is there and your kids are there. And when you put on that retiree hat and you walk slowly down the, uh, uh, you know, aisles of the commissary, you know, that your wife is next to you, you yeah. know, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, those, those things matter, right? Yes, yes, um, definitely. And so, uh, you know, for me, you know, I, I, you know, I always uh, kind of subscribe to the four Fs. You know, everyone kind of has their own little thing, and you probably mm -hmm. you've, everyone's heard this before, right? But for me, it's, it's faith, right? My, I, I have to, uh, my, and these are in priority order. So yeah, so they, you know, I, I try not to interchange them. 
right? So, so number one is faith, you know, faith in, in, in my God and in, in the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And so for me personally, that's where, uh, where it goes. I have to get that right first. Sure. The next is family. The second F is family. So uh, I have to be a good husband uh, to Joy. I have to be a good father to, to Jonah and to, to my daughter, Malaya. And if I get those first two right, you know, a strong basis and a good, you know, good place, you know, with my relationship, uh, you know, with, with, with you know, my, my savior and a good relationship with my family, then, you know, I could concentrate on freedom, you know, which is, you know, throwing on the uniform. And so people say, uh, you know, sir, I, you know, what, what about this whole service before self thing? I said, yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and, <laughs> right. and, and that service in order, in order for me to serve, I, I can't, you know, neglect those first two things or else I'm going to be a horrible leader. I'm going to be a, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be good to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If, if I'm a, you know, that, that moral compass isn't there. And if, and if, you know, and if my family's not there and then, right. you know, so, you know, it's, it's, it's faith, you know, family, freedom. And then the last one is fitness. And it's not necessarily physical fitness. That's one aspect of it. Right. But just emotional fitness, you know, being, being balanced, have a good social network around you, um, you know, and, and just to have that balance in your life. Right. So um, have I always gotten it right? No. Right. I think uh, we go, we all go through different seasons and there's certain seasons of our lives that, you know, uh, that, you know, you're, you're very involved in your church, for example. Uh, then next thing you know, you PCS and you get to a place that, you know, that church doesn't really, um, you know, you, you don't get as involved, but you get involved in other things, you know, and right. then you, you know, develop another network. So uh, I like to think that we stay fairly balanced overall um, and that, you know, we, we really didn't have to uh, uh, sacrifice our family values, but it took hard work, right? And, that, and that's, uh, I think that's where, uh, people tend to forget. Sometimes people think that their relationships are going to be on autopilot and say, oh yeah, you know, you know, I, I have a great wife and I have great kids and they'll, they'll be there. And then they suddenly uh, allow that to, to slip a little bit. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and they stop investing into the relationships, uh, you know, in their own home. And then that thing, uh, when, when you see that happen, I think uh, that's where we see a root cause of some of the, uh, you know, uh, families falling apart. That's awesome. Yeah. I think over your career, uh, over all of our careers, we end up um, kind of, w- we get built on our experiences, right? And so, I, I, well, I was 21, 22, whatever, I joined the Air Force. And so, like, I was in a certain space, like, and I just got married one year after that. So now I'm a married person. Okay. Now I have a different life experience that I'm growing. Had, had a kid the next couple of years. I'm a new parent now. All right, cool. So this is what's happening. And I have all these new things that I'm going to start appreciating. And it starts to kind of evolve your, where your values, not necessarily change, just evolve because your life experiences are, are getting more variant. Then I moved overseas. Okay, I'm living in Germany, like Germany, Germany, not like fake Ramstein Germany, like for real Germany. <laughs> when I was stationed at Gaelic yeah. Ocean. So like yeah. all those life experiences help build me who I am today. So then when I get into, get afforded leadership opportunity and I see the young LT who's just going to have a, they're having their first kid. I see an airman who has been, who has only been in one city their entire life. And now they live in the middle of Alaska or they're overseas for the first time. Like, and you can see their eyes, they are scared shitless they have no idea and i'm like no this is this is good you're in the right space in the right time because this is going to be the uh, maybe one of the best chapters in your life and you work with them you offer them your sense of camaraderie your sense of values and that you were in their place too at some point in time you share those stories that hey at one point i used to be like that don't get it twisted yes my name or my name is on the on the wall you see my face in the chain of command but i'm also at one point in time was just in your spot and i think when we share those kind of um experiences a lot of people 
it gets them more confident about the roles that they're going to take on. And it, and it does in, uh, place the importance on family values because those things are, like you said earlier, at some point in time, all of us are going to take the uniform off. They all, that's not permanent. What is going to be, if you do it right, is going to be the family that's right at your side, helping you celebrate those days, your friends there to celebrate uh, your retirement and, and kind of give you, give you that old BX commissary retiree with all the pins on your hat head nod. Cause I want to be the, <laughs> I want to be, I've always joked around. I want to be the guy sitting in the gym and just like getting it and just making fun of the airman. I'm like, that's it. That's all the weight you're going to push. I guess like, is there like, I'm going to be that guy in the gym, me and Danny at some point, we're just going to start pushing weight and beating all these young guys because we're going to be like that. So, um, but yeah, yeah. I think, maintaining all the values throughout and, and evolving them through your life experiences, but staying true to yourself and true to what you believe in, I really think can help any leader uh, rise to, the, to their best potential. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, so I had a, uh, I wouldn't really call him a mentor, but an acquaintance, I guess, but, you know, he was much more senior to me. And, um, and, and he was uh, back in the days when you actually could be six years below to, to 06. Right when we still oh, had below the zone of major, <laughs> yeah. So oh yeah, so okay, two okay. Below, yeah, two two below to, to to major, two below to lieutenant colonel, two below to colonel. Right, Jeez. so six okay. years early, right? Super super fast, you know. Uh, you know, no doubt, uh, you know, on en route to, to becoming a general officer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know, I you know he uh, I, I, after I noticed that he's been in 06 for a while, you know, and I, I just sat sat down with him and said, you know, hey, you know, so uh, um, you know, so what's next in the future? And he was like, you know, I'm, I'm retiring, and I was like, um. You know, so, so why is that? I mean, I thought that, I mean, you were on track. Right. And, uh, and he basically said, you know what, you know, I, uh, been through four marriages and I have three daughters in three different States. Oof. And he goes, and he goes, uh, enough is enough. Um, and so, so, you know, for, for me that, that was very impactful. Right. And I was like, man, um, you know, that, you know, he, he, he was one of those guys that you know, and he admitted right in the end, I didn't do this right. Um, yeah. Professional wise, it looked good on paper. But holy cow, you know, the, the, the rest of his life, uh, he allowed it to fall apart. Um, and, and, you know, and, you know, that, that, that could happen to anyone, right? And, and if we're not careful, that could happen to me. Right. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, and, and so I was, I was thankful that he shared that, that with me um, because it, it made a, a really, really strong impact. And it, it just cemented it so much more. I was like, okay, you know, uh, you know, listen to that advice, you know, listen to him, you know, because obviously, uh, you know, his... Uh, his experiences, those those lessons, uh, they didn't come, you know, easy at all, right? They they probably came with a lot of pain, a lot of hardship, and uh, and so yeah, don't don't want to put ourselves in that type of situation. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's. I think that's a um, kind of going full circle back to the beginning part of our, our conversation. The ability, if you're if you truly are listening to people, and if they're gonna if they're willing to share those stories, you're gonna learn something. You're gonna learn something about yourself. You're gonna learn something about how you can maybe help them maybe understand somebody else's situation. But if we really, really take the time to listen, there's so much magic that comes out of there. But not, not just bullshit hearing, like listening, legit, genuine listening and showing empathy and care for one another. I think uh, um, not only will the Air Force become a better Air Force, but I think our nation will be even better as well, sir. Uh, sir, I really take, uh, thank you for your time and I appreciate uh, you uh, uh, taking a pause with your busy schedule, just hanging out with me. Um, this has been great. I'll, I'll send Danny a text after this and say, bruh, I'll talk to your uncle. We were so cool. We're giving you shit. My, but I'm still more <laughs> handsome. I'm more, I'm still more handsome than you. So whatever. So, uh, um, but uh, sir, I'll offer you some uh, final words. Yeah. So, you know, let's kind of go back to, to where we started. Right. And, and we kind of talked about the racial tensions that are going on right now. And, um, 
you know, you know, as I was doing a little bit of reflection, right, and uh, you know, and, and you know, how to address this as a senior leader, right, and uh, you know, and I was just actually having a discussion today with one of my colleagues, and we, you know, we we talked about, you know, the one of the, uh, you know, phrases that are used out there when people say, well, I, well, I don't see color, right, I don't, I don't see you as an Asian, I don't see, you know, that person as a black person, I don't see you, and um, to me, that actually, uh, you know, and we hear, tend to hear that a lot, and I, I don't think they mean anything wrong by it. You know, they're actually trying to say, you know, I see everyone just as people, sure. right? But I, I, but I think that, you know, we have to be careful with that uh, because uh, I want them to see me as an Asian. Mm -hmm. I want people to see that person as an African-American or, you know, as a, as a white person, as a Caucasian male or a female or whatever, uh, because that's where we start recognizing our differences and, and, and we're aware about it, right? If, if we see everyone as the same, then there's no diversity. Right. right. And so, um, and I know that sounds so, so common sense, but it, it, it was, it just, uh, it, it occurred to me on how many times I've been hearing that and say, Oh, you know, I don't, I don't see you as an Asian guy. And I was like, well, you know, I, in some ways I wish you would, um, uh, you know, I wish you'd see me as a, you know, one as a, you know, hopefully as a good husband and, and, and as a great father, um, as, as a great leader, you know, uh, but I, 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 you know, I want you to see, uh, what comes along with the package. Right. Um, right. and so, so, and hopefully you could learn something that, you know, so something about me, right. You know, why, why, why do I like to eat with my hands? Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, why, why do I point with my lips? Right. Um, uh, you know, why, why do I nod going up instead of nodding going down? Um, <laughs> th th those little things right like that, you know, I think promote understanding and, and we just need to, uh, to be able to have that, you know, just like what, what you know, uh, the chief said, uh, you know, just to have those honest conversations and be able to, to laugh about it, to be able to listen, to be able to learn, uh, to be able to embrace those differences, right? Because that's what it's all about. Sure. So, uh, you know, Gabe, so, so thanks again, man. I, I really appreciate uh, you having me on your show. Uh, yes, th this is awesome. And uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, go, keep, keep doing great things out there, man. I'm proud of you. I will, sir. Appreciate that. So uh, um, yeah, it's good. I think uh, for everybody, when, when we see, it's a, it's a thing about you may think you're doing a, a, a positive thing by trying to say you see everything the same, but like you said, sir, appreciate the diversity, appreciate the fact that we have different members on the team that come from different backgrounds and because uh, um, it, it can be a positive thing. Uh, we can become a better team. We can be, become a better Air Force, a better nation. If only we just take a little bit more time to listen and truly listen to each other. So, sir, again, I thank you for your time and uh, for the rest of the Constant Elevation audience, we will talk to you next week. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Constant Elevation. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. Visit our site at constantelevation.co. Find and follow us on Facebook at constantelevation.co. And like and follow me on Instagram at, at gaybrock01. As always, don't wait for the future. Define the future.